Welcome to the BIA College Football Podcast. That's Philly Phil. I'm Hugie. Buckeyes coming off of a 23-3 victory against Indiana, heading into week two against Youngstown State. Phil, how are you feeling? Well, you know, Hugie, I'm feeling well-rested because that game on Saturday was very boring. I was able to catch catch a nap uh, during that second half waiting for the offense to show up. Uh, but yeah, the positive is that I'm well-rested and ready to talk today, ready to look forward to a better game, better performance on Saturday. Yeah. I'm overcoming the cold today, man, from the weekend. I don't know if it's because of uh, the Buckeyes game, but I went to I went to bed that night on Saturday, and I woke up in the middle of the night thinking, man, that was a nightmare. There's no way that was the Buckeyes playing Indiana. We're used to these past two seasons – Blowout victory, but nonetheless, I will take a victory uh, as we head into week two against Youngstown State. want to start off the show with a segment we like to call Glow and Grow, where we look at a glowing moment for the Buckeyes and an area where they can grow. So I'll start off with the positivity. Uh, the good news is that our defense held Indiana to 153 total yards. Uh an Ohio State national champion quarterback named Cardell Jones. I'm, I think that you know who, who Cardell is, uh, Phil. Um, he tweeted out and said, give credit to the OSU defense, holding a Big Ten opponent to three points on the road. Uh, you know, probably tweeting that out in response to some of the things that he was seeing uh, online from fans, you know, focusing on our offense. But I want to focus on the defense and in particular, Hero Canoe. Hero Canoe, this is his second year uh, at Ohio State. Um, he didn't get a lot of playing time last year, but uh, his number was called later on in the game. I want to say it was around in the fourth quarter. He recorded a sack. It was the only recorded sack. Um, I thought we had two, man, but when I went back and watched the game, there was a QB draw that uh, that a defensive lineman um, was able to hit the quarterback behind the line, but they didn't count that as a sack. Uh, but either way, Hero Canoe, Recorded one sack, and I that ex, that made me excited because now some of the uh, recruits that we have coming into class of twenty four are able to see that see that growth and development. Um, Larry Johnson is still coaching them hard, and I definitely expect the, the defensive line to have a big game uh, in week two. But that's where I'm starting at with my positive uh, take for the Buckeyes. Where are you? What's your response to that? Yeah, definitely appreciate the positive vibes. Need those in uh, Buckeye Nation right now. I'll just say this, that someone had tweeted um, that Ohio State hadn't um, stopped someone, hadn't basically held an opponent to three points or less since 2019, um, so four years ago. And some people were responding, it's Indiana, you know, so obviously it's not an accomplishment. But again, since 2019, we've played Indiana every year. Um, and so we've also played some other bad teams. Our defense has played well in some games, but holding an opponent three, three or less is something that is an accomplishment. It does indicate not only playing well, but playing um, dominant. And that's what we want to see from our defense. And that's the, the one wish you had, Hugie, for our team. It's not giving up a touchdown till week four. 
you know, we are we are on the way. They are on the way uh, to granting that wish for you. So love to see that. Love to see that. What I did not love to see was the O line looking leaky. Um. So what I what I would say is a, is a grow for us. Something that we want to improve on. Um, really, pass blocking and run blocking. To me, um, it was even almost more glaring in the run blocking. Just seeing defenders, linebackers hitting our players behind the line of scrimmage. Um, we've got some talented backs, um, some who are shifty, some who are powerful. Maya Williams is is famous for having a lot of yards after contact, but that contact should, shouldn't be coming behind the line of scrimmage. And that was happening too often. And so um, that happened even also for Devin Brown and his one, one series uh, <laughs> where he was trying to get out to the outside on a short yardage play. He's also getting hit. Um, you know, a yard behind the line of scrimmage. So uh, our players are, are talented, but that's a lot to ask. So I really wanted to see the O-line stepping up and giving these, giving these playmakers um, a chance, giving them some, a chance to gain some momentum and then be able to utilize their vision or their speed or their power or something. But we got to keep them clean, at least before the line of scrimmage. That's a, that's a bare minimum, um, especially against the opponent that we played on Saturday. And so I want to see that moving forward, um, giving our guys some room to hopefully make some plays. Yeah, I'm I'm excited, though, about the fact that the offensive line can grow from this moment. Like, what if we look back, you know, weeks down the line and say this was the worst game for the offensive line? Uh, We hope that's the case, right? (laughs) And I think that it's good for us to build upon this moment as for them to be uh, a majority young offensive line, <clears throat> they're going to have to create some chemistry, and I definitely need to uh, clean up those mistakes. And I think definitely build confidence in these next uh, couple games here before we go to South Bend. And so, yeah, that, that was a great take there. The offensive line definitely has some leaky moments. Um, but wanted to go ahead and transition over to our BIA spotlight. So where's, what is your BIA spotlight uh, as we looked at the secondary for Ohio State in this game? Yeah, so, I mean, I think, you know, we want to – obviously we are the BIA pod, and so we just want to make sure that we're highlighting our secondary, um, you know, finding a moment that we want to highlight each game um, from that group. For me, the player to highlight really this this game is going to be Malik Hartford. Um I was really excited. You know, there's a lot of talk about which, you know, young guys are we going to get to see play, um, especially on the defensive side. And Malik Harper was not somebody I was anticipating getting to play this early as a freshman. There's a lot of, we have a lot of depth actually at safety. And so um, I, when I heard the buzz around him playing, I kind of was like, yeah, maybe, but probably not maybe in the fourth quarter, but he was really, he played, I think 25 snaps, um, got in there, made some impact plays, got a got a big stop on third down, was just active in it and kind of in the middle of stuff. That's what you want to see from from a safety. And so I'm just really excited to see that because that really shows me that he's gonna be somebody whose role only grows. They gave him a chance in game one and he made the most out of those 25 snaps. So that means we're gonna see him more and more this year. Uh, and that's really exciting. So I'm I'm uh, spot, spotlighting Malik Harford for getting in and actually doing something with that time. That was a good choice. Good choice. Um, I want to spotlight a particular play. Um, last year, this person could be, 
at least at, in the first game, um, could be identified based on a particular uh, explosive play by Notre Dame. <laughs> um, sixth year senior Josh Proctor. I definitely got to make sure, man. We I don't know if we have it on the sound soundboard, but if there's any way we can get some some applause to Josh uh, Proctor, that'd be great, man. That'd be great. Um, there we go. There we go. Stand in ovation, man. Um, jo- <laughs> look, there was a play right before the end of the first half. It was fourth and four for Indiana, and Josh Proctor was – I love the like the like everything about this play, beginning, middle, and end. Before the play started, uh, he plays free safety. He lined up near the line uh, on a, a slot receiver. The two Indiana receivers crossed, did a crossing route where they intersected each other. And Josh took the the low man, and he basically batted a pass away. I would have loved to have seen him pick it off. If he would have picked that off, it would have definitely been for six. But uh, but I love to see the fact that it, that wasn't just the only play, but I think that that was a pivotal play that led to the offense uh, taking over, and we at least got three three points out of that uh, ensuing drive. You know, it's uh, uh, we left a lot of points on the field, man. But you know we. But just highlighting that BIA moment, love to see the growth um, in his last year here at Ohio State, Josh Proctor. Hopefully, he goes on to do some big things at the next level. So yeah, I yeah, I, I didn't think I was going to see Malik Hartford playing. I definitely didn't think I was going to see Josh Proctor playing. So seeing him start, I was like, what? <laughs> what could have happened this week to uh, bring about this? this development, but definitely was pleasant surprise to see him playing well, making plays, being in the right place. So shout out to him. I don't hate on most players, but I definitely have said some uh, negative things about Josh Proctor's play over the years. So, uh, you know, he definitely kind of shut me up before I could say anything uh, on Saturday. Yeah. Um, I'm, de- I'm really excited to see how they're going to end up moving that rotation uh, in the in the secondary, especially amongst the safeties. So yeah, moving right along, uh, we are now heading into week two, uh, looking to be two and zero coming out of this game against the Youngstown State Penguins. I actually did a little bit of research as okay. to why they're called the Penguins. Uh, <laughs> to make a long story <laughs> short, it's uh, it comes it stems from this uh, nineteen thirty three. Uh, basketball game they had with a school in West Virginia, and I guess it was like a snowy time. It was a it was a during the, obviously the winter time during basketball season, college basketball season, and there's conflicting uh, reports. So I'm just gonna keep it short. It was a cold. They they did not have a mascot at Youngstown State at that time, and so the Penguins is basically the name that came out of <laughs> out of that basketball game. But moving forward, uh, they are obviously the Youngstown State Penguins. They are 1-0 coming into uh, this matchup. And, uh, yeah, they played actually their you know notable game last year, which they didn't score in the game, but they played Kentucky, and the game wound up being 31-0. to uh, So, you know, it, 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 it sounds like it's definitely going to be um, – you know, uh, one of the uh, a cake game for Ohio State, but I don't want them to take that attitude. I want them to definitely make Youngstown State earn everything. And so, with that though, what would do you what do you see Phil as being 
the biggest challenge for the Buckeyes heading into this game against Youngstown State? <clears throat> yeah, I think, you know, for me, usually going into a game like this, I would be saying the biggest challenge is just making sure that you're getting up for the game, that you're not um, blowing it off or looking past them to the next week or the, the week afterwards. Um, you know, they did score 52 points last week. Um, and so at least among talent level comparable to them, they were able to do some scoring. Um, but I think more so the fact that Ohio State struggled last week, I don't see getting up being a challenge. To me, I actually think the biggest challenge will just be, um, you know, internal. That's going to be our rotations there. Um, we just shouted out uh, rotating in, you know, Lee Harper and Josh Proctor. Some of that was happening on defense. It wasn't happening sort of in every place on the defense and on the offense. And so I think the biggest challenge this week will be how to make sure that in a game like this, you usually want to get in your backups. You want to make, you want to see that your third and fourth receiver and your fifth receiver and your sixth receiver, get in, get some plays, get some touchdowns, get some tape. But Marvin Harrison and Emeka Ibuka combined for five uh, receptions last week. So we actually didn't see our stars get into their rhythm, right? And so I think that's going to be that challenge for me is just how do you actually still make sure that your starters are getting confidence, and especially on the offensive side, playing well, while making sure that you take advantage of the fact that you're playing an FCS opponent to get those backups in. So that usually wouldn't be an issue, but we played poorly on offense in week one. So I think you're actually going to have to see um, those starters play some significant time in this game so they can be going in and people aren't saying maybe we overrated this OSU wide receiver room like that's something that we don't want to be hearing that's something that they don't want to be hearing and so I think that'll be a challenge how do you kind of uh, balance that yeah we have to be careful not to take things for granted like when Marvin Harrison caught the uh, at the time a touchdown pass before the penalty they said that he uh, ran out of bounds when he actually got pushed but um, <clears throat> we I was I got hyped because even though I've seen Marvin score often enough it's like okay he, he was able to get a touchdown uh, touchdown reception in his first game but obviously that got taken away from him and it sound it looked like he had obviously been they had been struggling to get him the ball. Uh, during the course of the game. So, uh, yeah, so that's a great point. The one thing I would say, just tying back to what you basically said as the, what we need to grow from, from the Indiana game, is the offensive line. I I uh, want this to be a game where we build a confidence um, drive by drive. I want the, to definitely see uh, that they have the challenge of being able to take care of a an FCS uh, team. Youngstown State is an FCS team, right? Right. Okay. Cool. Yes, sir. So yeah, yeah. Want to make sure once want to see them take care of an FCS defensive line. No disrespect to them, but I mean, if you're at Ohio State, uh, I definitely expect there to be some talent against uh, Youngstown State on the O line. Um, you know, build confidence with each and every single drive, each and every single quarter, and go ahead and put that game under your belt as we go into Western Kentucky uh, in week three. 
want to see them do the same thing there. But yeah, in particular uh, to what you said, and kind of piggybacking off of uh, the offensive line uh, run blocking, I want to definitely see Travion Henderson get some, um, have some long runs here. Uh, Chip, train him. I mean, man, I I saw some people on Twitter saying he's RB1. You know, I know I'm not about to sell uh, Travion's uh, stock at at all. Uh, I think that he still has some learning to do. He is coming off of an injury from last year. This is his first game since the Maryland game, right? I think think so, uh, from last year. So I think that he still has, uh, you know, some some things to learn it he but he's de- i have confidence that he's going to absolutely get it together um but that's going to start with the offensive line so that's going to be my biggest challenge uh where i see the best unit being um going into this game is definitely the our defensive line uh, i challenge the <laughs> the our d line to have uh Sacks from three different guys in this game. I don't know what combination you want to have. I don't know if you want Jack Sawyer, JTT, and uh, Kenyatta Jackson. I don't know if you want, you know, Mike Hall Jr. And and, and, and just in, within that, that mix, I mean, but I definitely expect them to be able to uh, – to make it to basically, what do they say on the D D line? Um, you know, make it home, make it home against the uh, the the quarterback and 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 basically sack him in the backfield. So I I definitely think that the defensive line is going to be our best unit um, <clears throat> uh, this game against Youngstown State. Yeah, um, not gonna lie, the line was what I was going to choose as well. Um, I think they got to be fired up because, again, the defense held the opponent to, uh, I forgot how many yards you said, but not a lot of yards and uh, three points. Um, And people were still saying that the edge guys, you know, weren't really providing the pressure that we expect from them to do. So I think that's going to make them fired up and say, hey, we had a great game, but people are still kind of questioning whether or not we can do that. So against a lesser offensive line, Definitely, I believe also that the D-line will come through and be dominant. Um, just to add another unit there, then I'll go ahead and go with wide receivers just because I think that um, not only will they be fired up to kind of have a better showing, but I think there will be a lot of emphasis on the quarterbacks to get the ball to those receivers, right? So it's kind of, I mean, as, as bad as it is that Emeka and Marvin only had five catches, uh, you know, they weren't targeted that often. <laughs> so it's not like they just had a bunch of drops or, you know, even a bunch of off target throws. They just weren't targeted that often. And so um, I think that unit will also be uh, thirsty for some, for some stats. So they might, um, they might go off. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. Definitely looking at some, uh, you know, before we get to the score, because speaking of the wide receivers and then wanting to eat and get some touchdowns, I know that you said you had a question um, that uh, you wanted to pose or bring up from something you saw on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So this is a question then that I'll I'll kind of pose to you um, and um, kind of ask you your opinion on this kind of a would you would you rather situation. So. Uh, we talked about rotating players in, talked about getting young guys in, how that happened in the first game, didn't happen for everybody. So 
two players who people I think wanted to see more of um, last week who we didn't. And this question, by the way, is um, from a uh, user on, on Twitter, um, Aaliyah, at Aaliyah Be Like. And she asked, who do you want to have see have more snaps uh, next week? Devin Brown uh, or CJ Hicks? Devin Brown, backup quarterback. CJ Hicks, backup linebacker. Hugie, who do you want to see more get some burn? Man, that's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, is it possible to say both? <laughs> no. Either okay. or. Okay. I, I would say for me personally, I want to see CJ Hicks get more reps. Um, I know that means that's taken reps away from Steel Chambers more than likely. I just want to be able to see what he can do, man. I just want to, I, I mean, there's obviously been a lot of talk in the community about free CJ Hicks, you know. Uh, we, I'm glad that nobody's wearing a, that shirt around uh, Columbus <laughs> that says free Hicks. Um, but I, I just want to be able to see what he can do. It, it kind of going back to the last episode when we talked about uh, Ryan Day starting record over Devin Brown, even though pe- some people – uh, within the fan base, want to see Devin Brown play. Um, we trust Ryan Day, and on the same side, on the other side of the ball, we got to trust Jim Knowles and um, the uh, defensive coaches to to basically put the best product on the field. I haven't said that. I still want to see CJ Hicks, man. I, I that's so that's going to be my answer to that question. Yeah, I don't know if I trust Jim Knowles yet I don't I, I wouldn't put my trust at the same level as it is for Ryan Day for for old Jimmy um I'm gonna go Devin Brown not just to be different but I think to me at least the, on the defense we saw some we saw some rotation right we saw some of those guys get in we saw Hartford playing you're shouting out Hero Canoe for for making a play and so to me, that makes me a little less sure of C.J. Hicks being somebody who was ready and just didn't get the call because I feel like on the defense we did see some young guys get burned, right? And so um, I want to see Devin Brown mainly just so we can know. Right now it's just this, like, it's there's this power of the backup quarterback really on any team, right, where it's like we – it's the unknown, and so it could be better, right? And so I just want to see it. And it either say, yes, hey, we find out this guy is actually better or nah, we should really, now we see why we're focusing on McCord, why Day is focused on McCord, and we can still believe in Devin Brown's future, but say that, you know, now is not his time. And we've only got, you know, one more game between now and the game that, uh, the first losable game we have, which would be Notre Dame. So definitely want to see Brown play now. Because obviously we don't want to throw him throw him in in that Notre Dame game without having experience. So if he is going to play in that game, he needs to be playing now. So I want to make sure that he's getting in. I think we would need that more so than we would necessarily need that third linebacker to be playing great by the Notre Dame game. Cool. Yeah. If you have uh, people have their own thoughts to that question, definitely um, you know y'all can comment those. And again, shout out to. Um, our mutual on on Twitter, Aaliyah, for 
the great hypothetical. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Aaliyah. Thank you for that question. Uh, so now time for the prediction. What is your final score prediction for Youngstown State versus Ohio State? Listen, uh, last week I was right about a lot of stuff. I was very wrong on the on the final score. <laughs> I went I went big. Um, but listen, uh, I'm not one known to learn from my mistakes. I'm going big again. Give me. 64 to three. Yeah, man. I, I, I just, I'm going to keep on, I'm going to will it to happen, man. Offense got to step up. This, it should be, man. No, nah, that's not even that much to ask. 64 points, lesser opponent. The three points might be, might be the bigger ask to do that back to back, but I'm believing in it. Let's see it. Okay. All right. Go big or go home. Go big or go home. Last week, I definitely kept it conservative with our offense. Uh, and I'm not going to do that this week. Uh, I definitely think we're going to be fit over 50. Give them a 50 burger. So I'm going to definitely say that the offense is going to score 59 points. I'm, I'm gaining... S- <laughs> I'm gaining some inspiration from somebody in BIA. Okay. Denzel Burke said that three points this past weekend was too much for the defense to give up. I think they're hungry. I think they can do it. I I think they can pitch a shutout. So having said that, I'm taking the Buckeyes 59 to 0 over the Penguins. Penguins. Hopefully the Penguins didn't hear that. That's bulletin board material. <laughs> yeah. Going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to talk about one player and one team highlighted from week one, and then I got something I want to get off my chest, something I heard uh, some people talking at the side of their mouth about a particular announcer from Saturday. Uh, all that is next. We are back here on the BIA podcast, and we're going to look take a national look at one player, one team uh, from week one that stood out to us. Phil, what player stood out to you in week one? Listen, there's there's a couple of players that I'm a, I'm gonna save for you, knowing knowing how you feel about a certain team <laughs> and a certain coach. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you have those guys, okay? But to me, um, the player that stands out who didn't play in the big noon game is quarterback Jordan Travis. Um, this game was, you know, billed to be the game of the week, um, supposed to be maybe one of the games of the year. It was last year. This year, the first half was tight, and then it kind of uh, got away from. Uh, LSU in the second half and one of the main reasons it got away from them is because uh, Jordan Travis was was on point really the reason I want to highlight him is because I mean he had good stats he had you know almost 350 yards he had about 75 percent completion rating four touchdowns um, passing and he had one rushing actually Uh, but more so that's that's great That, that, that alone would be enough to spotlight him but really it was the fact that he was on the biggest stage of the weekend, the brightest lights, 
and he just looked comfortable. Like he looked calm, looked like he was in control. They were they came into the set third quarter with a deficit, you know, went went into halftime down. And he just looked like he was composed. And his one, you know, rushing touchdown with the the read and the being able to pull and scamper in. It's just like he looked like he was in control of that team. If I'm a Florida State fan, which I'm which I'm not, to be clear. If I'm a Florida State fan though, I'm feeling really good about this guy leading my team. He had a lot of hype coming into the into the season. Like, is he gonna take another step? To me, it looked like he is ready for that next level of expectations. So I'm gonna shout out Florida State quarterback Jordan Travis beating a top five team on a neutral site, beating them by multiple touchdowns and being the best player on the field. I think it's hilarious that we call these neutral sites <laughs> in the same in the same state as one of the teams. Last year it was in New Orleans. This year it was in Orlando. You know, shout out to the Knowles. Shout out to Jordan Travis. He did play a great game. Um, got away from the Tigers in the end. But, yeah, no, Jordan Travis played a, a great game. <clears throat> now it's time for me to talk about the team that stood out. In week one, I mean, everybody kind of knows. So it's like you got to be pretty creative in uh, trying to set this up. And I took a little bit of time with this, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and, and, and just real quick quote something, uh, some uh, New York rapper. Okay. New York rapper. Not from a song. Not from a song. Something he has said recently. He said, yesterday's price <laughs> is not today's price. And that is the case with Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes. Man, against TCU, uh, what a great game. What a great atmosphere. I mean, this is like everything that you love about college football in week one. Uh, most notably, they were underdogs. I want to say they were 20 and a half point underdogs. And they, it was, uh, I think it was, the score was 45 to 42, I believe. Um, man, uh, what, I mean, just, you know, players, you know, Edwards at the running back position, Shador uh, Sanders playing quarterback, throwing for over 500 yards. Somebody, you know, I was talking to someone during the week, they were like, uh, you know, that's the one thing they hate about college football is somebody throwing over 500 yards. And you know what I said? I said, that's the thing I love about college football, seeing somebody throw over 500 yards. I mean, it, was, it, it wasn't – it was not like, you know, a blowout and that he threw for 500 yards. It was a shootout. And that's what I loved about it was the back and forth that they had. That You know, Colorado knows that they need to shirt up some of the stuff on their defense. I do believe they actually can do that because those crossing routes from TCU were killing them uh, during the middle of the game. Um, they ended up fixing it in that last possession, that last defensive possession. But, man, shout out to Coach Prime. I mean, you know, hey, there's not much more I can really say um, except for there's one thing I would be remiss if I did not mention that crazy, sick interception by Travis Hunter uh, in the red zone, man. I mean, the running back, I believe, ran a, a wheel route, and Travis cut it off. And I mean, he had had some miscues in the first half uh, on a couple 
on one definitely deep ball, another another when by the way, this is somebody who plays both sides of the ball. If you're a college football fan, you know this by now. <laughs> he plays both offense and defense. He plays cornerback and receiver. Uh when he was uh on offense and he was a receiver, he missed one deep ball. He also missed um he caught the ball in the corner of the end zone, but one of his feet uh, basically stepped out before he had control, so they didn't count. But shout out to him. You know, he was, it seemed like he was definitely bent on having a highlight for us all to talk about. And I look forward to seeing that against some of the big, in the big games. I mean, that's just what you want to see from someone who was the number one uh, college recruit coming out. I want to say it was 2021. Was it 21? I believe. Um, and, you know, me and you were talking, we were like, can you imagine if he would have went to Florida State? It's kept that commitment, like where they would be at now that they're starting to um, mm-hmm. starting to trend themselves. So there's other teams I could have I definitely could have picked. But I mean, Colorado, obviously the popular pick. I wanted to definitely talk about them and shout out uh, shout out the buffs as they take on the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Um on Saturday at noon, so another nationally televised game uh, should be fun to see how that how that turns out. So, Phil, you can you can definitely chime in here. I'm not going to take too much time, I promise. Um, but somebody who called that game, um, Gus Johnson and Joel Clatt. Joel Clatt was a former quarterback who for the Buffs. Obviously, uh, he was he was neutral in in you know calling the game. Gus Johnson. Uh, is um, a black play-by-play sports announcer in college football primarily. He has done some NFL, obviously, in his career. He's done some college football – I'm sorry, basketball and uh, NBA, which actually kind of surprised me this past year. But it is just so much fun, man, listening to him call games. Like, he adds that flavor that's just, you know, like somebody like a Jim Nance doesn't add or – uh, you know, other names are escaping me. Fowler, uh, right now, it's just some names are just escaping me. And he just adds that, you know, I don't know what you want to call it, pizzazz to just calling <laughs> games. Like, and I heard, I heard on a podcast this week that it sounds like it sounded like he, you know, just yells for no reason now, and that he was going for Colorado. Well, you know, Gus Johnson also called the Minnesota. Nebraska game on Thursday night. Gus Johnson was doing the same thing. Anytime there was a big play, he got excited, especially when there's a team that's coming from behind. When there's a shootout going on, like what's one of the things that you and I have talked about that Gus Johnson loves to create a narrative. He loves to create a story during the game. And so when he's getting excited about the underdog, somebody who was an underdog by three scores, and they literally come are making this a game. Like, of course, he's going to be excited about that because they both can't, kind of went into it as everybody else, um, not necessarily thinking that Colorado or there was a question mark, you know, from uh, the fact that this was a new coach, new quarterback, uh, so many transfers on the team. What, what was this going to look like? And they go into Fort Worth and make it a game, not only make it a game, but they win. So, you know, didn't hear the criticism there. I've heard criticism that he calls us the world famous uh, Ohio State Buckeyes when we when he calls a game for us. 
we're going we're going to talk about that in another time educate the audience on why he actually says that um but you know shout out to gus johnson man i'm excited about seeing him call the game against uh with colorado and nebraska here um phil did you have anything you wanted to add at all <clears throat> no gus gus is my guy is my favorite um announcer for sure and yeah i mean gus roots for story and yeah it's not exciting for a 21 point favorite to win at home it's just not that's, that's not an exciting story it is an exciting story to see players on the national stage for the first time shock the world and so you can hear that in his voice because that's what made that game something that everybody was talking about the next day is because it was such a great story and he is adding to that and that's what he gets paid to do Exactly. So, you know, uh, you know, we, we can still disagree and be civil. I just respectfully disagree. And I just had to make sure I said it. Uh, people can say what they want in their podcast. We could say what we want on ours. And so, again, a shout out to Gus. Um, <clears throat> so having said that, uh, we're down to the last segment of our show. Uh, again, I, I said this last week. I'm going to say it again. The game show that's sweeping the nation, pick six, um, as I'm definitely getting swept. <laughs> as we look at the scores uh, and the results, let's first off take, let's go ahead and uh, look at the results from last week. <clears throat> so we have uh, Phil. Um, you are. Definitely riding high with a three-point lead, basically, as you have uh, your two points from last week. I uh, My lock won. However, they did not win by uh, set eight points. So the floor is yours from winning uh, week one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, this game, we're trying to pick winners. Um I did that and you, um, you failed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had three, after three picks last week, my, my lock one, my toss up one, my upset pick lost, but that game was almost Nebraska's. They just choked in the end to Minnesota. Minnesota made a great catch. Um, so I feel good about my picks. I'm looking forward to continuing my success in week two and hoping that Hugh you continue to, um, remain scoreless as you have for <laughs> one, which is almost as hard to do as it is to pick all of the right picks is to pick all of the wrong picks. So shout out to you for that. <laughs> all right. um, listen, uh, it's my, I get to choose where I want to go first. Um, so I, you know, honestly, I don't think any of my games this week are games that uh, you're going to necessarily want. So I'm not really worried about, getting my picks in, but I am going to start with my upset again. Um, mm. Hopefully it works out for me this time. And um, I'm going to go with, I'm just trying to make sure I get the right, uh, sorry, the right number and see what we're at uh, currently. Again, we use the Yahoo Sportsbook to get our numbers um and so checking to see what it is at today we're at seven points which is right in the the frame that i can use for an upset give me 
the green wave of Tulsa at home, taking down the rebels of Ole Miss, washing away the rebels and their legacy of what rebels did in the South. Uh, give me Tulane minus uh, or Tulane plus seven outright winning against Ole Miss. Okay, I was about to, I was about to say, bro. Uh, you said Tulsa, and I was about to be like, uh, previous players under further review. <laughs> you said Tulsa at the beginning, and then you cleaned it up and said it too late. I knew that. I knew which game you were talking about, so I was not going to uh, to get you there. Um, yeah, last week I hesitated. I hit people with the hezzy. I'm not hitting anybody with no hezzy this week. Give me the Longhorns against. Bama. I, like I think that Texas, first of all, Ohio State fans definitely want to see this happen. <laughs> A lot of fans want to see this happen, right? Secondly, last year they almost beat Alabama um, in Austin with uh, Bryce Young as Alabama's quarterback. This year, I'm not taking anything away from Milrow. He played a phenomenal game last week. This is different. This is going to be different. Can he still make those throws? We know he can absolutely run. He might, I was going to say, he might be a better runner than Bryce Young. He might be a faster runner than Bryce Young, but definitely not as shifty. Um, but we'll see. He might prove me wrong. So, but I am going to take Texas, though. I'm going to take Quinn Ewers and uh, Sarkeesian in that, in that offense. So. Give me Texas. Where are we going? Right. We're going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and take my uh, toss up. Okay. Let's talk about this team. I want to watch this game. I don't want to think that, uh, that uh, I don't want to watch this game in which I would have picked them like I did last week. Give me Colorado over Nebraska. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I mean that's a good that's a good pick. Um, I can't remember exactly how much that line has moved from last week, but definitely significant. And yeah, at home there, people are feeling the buffs. Um, I'm not sure exactly, um, but I would definitely love to see it. I am going to go for my toss up. I'm gonna stick at home. You know, I haven't shared, but I I live in Virginia, so I got to represent for my uh my home state. I'm not a fan of this team, actually, but I am going to pick them this week as a three-point favorite at home in a great home environment. Um, enter the Sandman and enter Virginia Tech into the spreadsheet over Purdue. Coming off a loss. Boilermaker's not looking that great so far. Tech at home is tough to beat. As you were talking, I went ahead and put them in because I that, I knew you were going to say that that was going to be my secondary pick. I love that uh, pick um, as Purdue did not get the job done against Fresno State at home last week. Um, what makes me think that they're going to be able to do that against Virginia Tech? But hey, I'm no expert. I'm <laughs> I've got I'm at minus one, so hopefully uh, <laughs> we'll see another year. <laughs> um, all right man who you got us who do you have is your lock 
So my lock, I had to pull up the, the numbers again. It wasn't showing up for me, but I got them. Uh, I'm going to go with a team. Uh, I'm really kind of fading this other team. Uh, the team that people thought were gonna, was going to challenge to win the Big 12 this year. They came out and looked and smelled stinky against Wyoming. That's Texas Tech. Give me Oregon playing on the road. They are a six and a half point favorite. So give me Oregon minus six and a half. I think they're the better team. I mean, they were already a better team. I now think Texas Tech's confidence has to be a little a little shot. That home crowd is not going to be as hype in their home opener as they were expecting to be starting off this season. And Oregon, obviously, they scored a million points. Um, their, their duck uh, almost passed out from all the push-ups he had to do. <laughs> um, I think the better team is going to win in a touchdown isn't too much to ask. It's not like Texas Tech's defense um, showed there were anything too scary. Yeah, as you can see, we've got the duck passed out after 81 points. So, yeah, I, I think they can score more than a touchdown over Texas Tech. That's my lock. Yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, you see the pictures that we have, some of the uh, not only funny pictures, but definitely amazing plays, like the interception by Travis Hunter, um, the free hamburgers shirt that uh, J.J. McCarthy wore, uh, to the game, uh, hey, great, uh, interesting decision there, and interesting look coming out of the Nebraska Minnesota game. Uh, hopefully, he's hype. He's hype about that. It's the one game I lost. Oh no, no, I, I, I did not oh, no, do that. Yeah, it's just I, it's cool. I really did not do that because of that. But um, yeah, so if you're listening to us on Spotify or um, Apple Podcasts, uh, you know, take a look at our spreadsheet on YouTube. And as I take us home, I am going to go ahead again, not hesitate and go ahead and take the Seminoles of Florida State minus 31 against Southern Miss, I believe they play. Southern Miss. You want to go ahead and verify? Yep. Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Home of uh, Brett Favre and a few other things that he did. <laughs> He's done here or has been alleged to have done. I should nah, say. He did it. He did it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, let's do a, a quick um, summary of the picks. I will start. I started with my upset. I'm choosing Tulane as a seven-point underdog to beat Ole Miss at home. My toss-up in a three-point um, as three-point favorites. I'm choosing Virginia Tech over Purdue at home as well. And then my one road team I'm choosing is Oregon. I'm locking them up to beat Texas Tech by at least a touchdown. Okay, okay, okay. For me, uh, I am taking the Seminoles to uh, beat oh, Southern Miss by <laughs> over 31 points. Uh, my toss-up, do you believe – I'm taking Colorado to take down Nebraska as their favorite, I believe, by three and a half. But it doesn't matter because I'm taking Colorado to outright win. And then I am, as my upset, I am picking Texas to hook Bama down in Tuscaloosa. I'm looking at my picks, man. I like them. I like them. Um, I like I like two of yours for sure. The upset, we'll see. <laughs> Um, I, I, was, I just think it's going to be a tall task for Tulane to to upset Ole Miss, but they do get them at home, so that's that's a plus. Uh, Remember who they beat in the end of last season, Tulane. Mm, yeah, that game against USC, that was a good game. 
That was a great game, actually. So, yeah. So that is our show. Thank you, Phil, for uh, being here. Thank you, everybody, for listening in. I appreciate the support and the love. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Um, where else are we going to? We're going to. We are going to basically be uh, uh, well known here as we are basically making a mark uh, amongst our fan base and amongst college football fans. So with that, Phil, OH. I O. Peace.